Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy 2.0, the one true podcast, and the only podcast that is not afraid to say, God is good. All the time. And all the time? God is good. Oh my God. That yes. still gets me. <laughs> I've watched that movie I don't know how many times, and those lines still, right here, Matt, right here. I've made a little song out of it, Chuck. It's not a good song, but now it's stuck in my head. I don't know if you can see where I'm grabbing, but it gets me right here. Is it the anus? It's probably the anus. <laughs> Get to me right the anus. You can see where I'm grabbing. <laughs> what are we doing today? I don't know. Uh, God's not dead. I yes, thought he, he was. Oh. I thought he lived until he was around, you know, 33 years old or so. Got crucified and died and it never died. Still and that was the end. for him to come back. I'm waiting. Hey, Matt, I got some iTunes reviews for you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear these. Let's see. How about a five-star right? review? Yes. You, you get five. what you pay for by Newbie 2. This podcast is worth every penny I've paid for it. Wait, how much has he paid for it? Juvenile penis jokes in inane banter. What more could you ask for? That guy's dick sounds weak. I can think of a lot more things to ask for. <laughs> I could think of. I could ask for money. That's what I'm thinking about. Better than being staked over a fire ant nest. That's another five-star review by the fifth listener. That's a compliment. I think we're we up to five already. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Chuck restarted the podcat with the podcat. The podcat. Restarted uh, the podcat. That's one of those animals from the. <laughs> Fuck is a podcat. It's one of those puns from the Xanth novels by Piers Anthony. Remember those? Oh, yeah. I've read them all. <laughs> Three people are going like, hey, I remember it's Xanth. <laughs> he's my second favorite host yet, and as dumb as he sounds, he still manages to make some good points. Well, there you go, Matt. Hey! Wait, is he talking about you or me? I don't know. It just references he. I'm glad I, Chuck restarted the I'll podcat with Matt. <laughs> I'm the subject of that. You're the object. I didn't diagram sentences very good. What? So who is he referring to? It has to be me. <laughs> oh. Someone who couldn't even spell podcast correctly is insulting one of us. <laughs> if only I paid attention in English class, I would know who. Or, or is it whom? Great podcast. Five-star review by Split Day 4. The earlier episodes are amazing. I'm slowly working. What? Oh. You mean the one earlier? <laughs> the previous? Fuck you. <laughs> you mean the non-Matt episodes. As a budding atheist, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's like, it's like acne or something or boils. And Matt, our most recent review is a five-star review by Travis underscore 318 entitled Glory Hole. <laughs> I almost did a spit take, but I, uh, let's go on. I think that's the wrong podcast. Oh. They're not oh. even reviewing our podcast anymore. <laughs> We're getting other podcast reviews on our, on our podcast. I don't think I'm doing iTunes reviews anymore, Matt. They sicken me. No. From now on, they have to be extra special to be read on air. <laughs> Get to work. Uh, how about skunk dicks, then? We got we to gotta roll through this because we got a lot of shit to get to. We do. With this God's Not Dead. We have a movie review that is long... I think it's longer than the movie. <laughs> In its uncut form, I believe it is longer than the movie itself. It is. It is the Gone with the Wind of movie reviews on the Citizen Kane of Christian films. Oh, but that is that is what happens when you... When, that's, that's just all about 
We do this with everything. The refutation is longer than the, you know, gish gallop of crap that comes out. Uh, where the fuck are we? Um, skunk shit. dicks. Skunk dicks. Let's do some skunk dicks. I got a skunk dick. Go for it. It's Kirk Cameron. Oh, my God. He He's wins. Christmas. He you wins. don't even have to go any further. He fucking wins. Kirk Cameron <laughs> is the skunk dick of the week. So you'll find this on the podcast, but these Christian movies are making money. Which means they're starting to make more of them. Is that the podcat? The podcat. Sorry about that. Meow. Podcat. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, Kirk Cameron, he's going to put the Christ back in Christmas, Chuck. He's coming out with a new movie called Saving Christmas. Because, you know, the war on Christmas that we do every year. Oh, he's mounting a counterinsurgency uh, against exactly. our war on Christmas? He is the Muslim ISIS beheader to our coalition of... <laughs> Random civilian targeting. Um, but it's probably not the best uh, analogy. Yeah, to our militant atheism. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, but he's going to tackle some of the more controversial and disputed issues. Remember all those disputed issues around Christmas and Jesus Christ's birthday? Like it's on December 25th? Like there's no way it could be on December 25th because it's the shepherds in the field? And also it's not, it's not based on any pagan... Right. Uh, celebration he's, at all. He's going to explain the presence of the tree, right? In terms <laughs> that do not reference Saturnalia. No. The tree, I believe, came from Jesus' bush. It was, it was mighty. Jesus' burning bush. <laughs> if only they had antibiotics back then, he might not have had to die for our sins. <laughs> That's, anyway, Kirk Cameron. I nominate him for Skunk Day. Excellent. Kirk Cameron, who's going to save Christmas, November 14th. Oh I can't God, wait to I see it. I can't wait. I smell another uh, movie review podcast coming on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, Matt, I got uh, James Dobson. I don't know if you realize. Uh, I think mean, you've heard his name before. Um, sounds a little bit Vaguely familiar. familiar? Uh, somebody. Like the focus on the family bullshit? Isn't that what he's related with? Uh, that's it. Isn't the head of the Catholic Church of America? I don't know what the hell is. But even worse than that, he's the culture editor at Glenn Beck's The Blaze website. No. <laughs> no oh, no. wait, that's Billy Hallowell. Never oh, mind. thank God. <laughs> Either way, such a title should not exist. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that on your resume. Well, he sat down with Billy Hallowell, and uh, they discussed a bunch of shit, such as, you know, what role Christianity should play in society today. Uh, and, and he issued a warning. No. James Dobson issues the following warning. When you start to weaken the institution of marriage and the family, it influences the entire culture. And in fact, the entire superstructure of culture can come crashing down. That's happened in Rome. It happened in Greece. And I don't think in America it can survive in the form we have known if we allow the family to disintegrate. I did not know that Greece was brought down by gay marriage. You did not know that. Everybody knows that, Chuck. The fall of Rome, you know... Gay marriage. <laughs> it used to be like this 800-page book, right, detailing what caused... It's just one page now. We found out they allowed gay marriage. Oh. Instantly disintegrated. It disintegrates families. Gay marriage is like, is like acid from the movie Aliens. Like boric acid just disintegrates the entire superstructure. Not just civilization, Matt. All culture everywhere. The entire superstructure of civilization. What is a superstructure of culture? Uh, super <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Superstructure of culture. 
That's it. We're going back to beyond the Stone Age, Matt. We're going to be apes again. I guess so. We're, does that mean we have to barter or something? Like, <laughs> No language. I, how do I get nothing. food? No, nothing? No Christian movies. Nothing. Well, so there's a there's an upside. No, <laughs> no vestige of culture. Goodbye, culture. One percent of our population is doing something we don't like. Maybe it's three percent. It is disintegrating the superstructure. Yeah, I've heard that term in like fucking physics, right? Like of superstructure, galaxy clusters, that sort of shit. Right. <laughs> Never heard about it in reference to culture, but that's what these Christians do. They like to borrow jargon from science to oh yeah to, to make it seem like they're intelligent. Right. <laughs> the superstructure of cultures come crashing down. Because we've all seen the graphs about IQ level and religiosity. <laughs> oh, I love it. And you just and you just throw in like a couple ancient ref. It happened in Rome. It happened in the ancient Khmer Empire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Egypt. Right. The great civilizations. The uh, tribe of Africa. <laughs> Gay marriage brought them That's down. That's it. It's the common terminus of all civilization. Yeah. Hey, why don't we give these gays <laughs> all over? Chuck, you might think the Fremont culture of that existed in parts of Utah disappeared because of drought, but it's gay marriage. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Kirk Cameron. You're going with Kirk vote. Cameron? I, I don't know if we've ever given him a, a skunk dick before, so I, I'm voting for him twice. Oh, I'd like to vote for Kirk Cameron. But Dobson's hit me right in my anthropology degree again with culture. <laughs> Go with Dobson. You, then your anthropology degree should tell you that he's right. Every <laughs> known culture, Sumer, Hittite I'm, culture. I'm doing it because he's right, and I hate him for it. <laughs> I hate him. Because he's, he's taking so right. everything for me. <laughs> Dobson. Oh, well, let's feed that into our uh, ultra-modern computer. Yes. Oh my God! Mark David Chap—I've never heard of this guy. Mark, Mark David Chapman. David Chapman. You remember if you were of an age, John Lennon and you—you you know the Beatles, Chuck, right? The who? Beatles. The Beatles. They were big back in the day. Like the Volkswagens. The Volkswagen. The Beatles. I've never heard of this guy before. Mark How David can he Chap win if I've never heard of him before? <laughs> because first of all, he killed John Lennon. Who? So John. He's in the Beatles. Pay attention. Come on, double fantasy. <laughs> so that's a dick move back there, but we weren't around back then. So. He should have killed Ringo. <laughs> Jesus. I think we can all agree the Beatle that should have been murdered. Was You're Ringo. nothing without a drummer. We're going to learn that in our review of God's Not Dead. <laughs> nothing without a drummer. So what about Mark David Chapman? Wasn't it enough that he shot John Lennon? Well, he's been in jail since then, since like 1980, I'll say four. Anyway, he murdered a man... And now um, he should be let go because, one, he's sorry. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it, no one was really hurt, you know. And two, he's been forgiven by God. Somehow he knows this. How does he know that? He knows it. You just know, I think. Jesus comes to you and says, like, hey, uh, it's okay. It's okay now. Now he said he's sorry, forgiven by God, and eager to spend his days in prison or out ministering to others. Well, let's just keep him inside then. Yeah. He's happy. Oh, my God. So he's apparently, um, he's married still. <laughs> it's still to the same woman. <laughs> your your husband murders one of the, like, 
most iconic musicians of the 20th century, and you don't divorce him. That's that's love, Chuck. That's, that is impressive. That's uh, persistent. She, yeah, she visits him at least annually, it says. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect marriage. <laughs> and he said, we're closer to the Lord now than we were in the street, so I'm going to credit him with keeping our marriage together and our sanity. Well, <laughs> it seems like it all worked out for everyone concerned. Yeah, I think everybody everybody came out of this a winner. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he shot, shot some guy 30-something years ago, but he found God out of it. You know, it's um, sure there's a little bit of pain and suffering in the now, yeah. but just think about the eternal joy in heaven. Oh yes, you can't you can't forget about that. Also, there's the brochures. Don't forget about <laughs> yeah. the brochures. He's got a ministry that apparently is 100 percent consists of him passing out chick tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that is where my heart is. Quote. Oh. Uh, uh, well, look, Matt, he apologized for the pain he caused Lennon. And by pain, apparently, he means, you know, shooting and killing him. Right. His family and his millions of fans. <laughs> I am sorry for being such an idiot and choosing the wrong way for glory. I found my peace in Jesus. I know him. He loves me. He's forgiven me. Like I said, everything worked out for everybody involved. Oh, great. What's he planning to do next? Well, he plans to spend his days uh, telling people, hey, <laughs> you have another <laughs> option. It's either crime or Christ. What do you want to go here? Which way? Man, oh, I can think of at least two other options. <laughs> Christians love, they love that, like, there's only two choices. <laughs> Unless you're C.L. Lewis, then sometimes there's a third choice. <laughs> <laughs> the tertium quid. The third thing. Yeah, man, um, you've got either crime or Christ. That's it. Choose. So he's going to do that in prison, telling people that in prison. <laughs> Good luck. Mark David Chapman. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, parole was denied. <laughs> oh, well, there's something. <laughs> Doesn't that usually work when they find Jesus? They get out on parole? I think so. So the skunk dick here is the parole board. The parole board. Damn it. Well, Matt, uh, that wraps up the skunk dick portion of the podcast. Shall we move over to the actual meat of the podcast, the uh, film review? That's right. We're going to review the movie... I use that. I put that in quotes. I know you can't see that, but yes. the use, movie. Use the term loosely. <laughs> God's not dead. Matt, it barely barely qualifies as a moving picture. This movie is so stupid. It's it's a, You'd think that they're trying to make this movie, they'd come up with original arguments or, or refutations or some new evidence for God's existence, but uh, they're exactly the same arguments as before. Almost so bad that I almost... Don't even want to cover all the arguments. We've just yeah. done it so many times before. God's Not Dead. Starring Kevin Hercules Sorbo, Dean Superman Kane, Pastor, Pastor Dave, Dave, Token Black Sidekick, Some Stupid Guy, Angry Girlfriend, Liberal Blogger, and Duck Commander Willie, Duck Commander Robertson. That was the most important, I think. <laughs> that, With that? Uh, the Willie Robertson. <laughs> I was, was just like... He was yeah, such was, a headliner, he showed up on big screen at the Newsboy concert at the end, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does that. He's a huge star, Matt, in the Christian community. <laughs> Did I miss anybody else in this movie? Oh, you... I think there... Let's see, there's... Uh, Stereotypical. The, oh, the whole... Yeah, Islam family. Or Muslim yeah. family. Oh, 
Oh, that's Muslim right. Family. Stereotypical <laughs> Muslim family. Angry Muslim father. I forgot. <laughs> oh, and a uh, communist kid. Yes. With an authoritarian oh, right. father who tells him just, you know, do what the professor says. Exactly. Hey, there's someone else here, Chuck. Do you, oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't mentioned it. <laughs> He's not allowed to talk until we introduce him. Jesus. Oh, shit. We have, Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have Noah here, uh, who's most famous, I believe, uh, for being... Uh, were you actually sued or was it just threatened? Threatened? Oh, I was just threatened. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a letter. And I think they sent the letter to my old address. So there's some guy a couple blocks away wondering why he's getting all these letters. <laughs> from the famous Kirk Hastings. Yes. Oh, my God. To get a letter from Kirk Hastings, though. It's a special day. <laughs> yeah, a personal uh, letter threatening a lawsuit. That is really impressive. What did you do to piss him off? Oh, I uh, wrote a unofficial sequel to his Superman fan fiction. Uh, which <laughs> I actually I don't think I'm alone in this. Oh no, you did a review of of his his super fan fiction <laughs> that set him off as well. Yeah, that pissed him uh, off. He yeah, took his no, whole man. um his it's whole fiction cool. thing offline for a while, and then he rebooted <laughs> it without the reviews. I don't think he can review it oh. anymore. Damn it! Oh. But that was his Superman fan fiction um, that was not so thinly veiled. Your Superman fan fiction was thinly veiled Superman fan fiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I, I did a sort of sequel to that filled with graphic gay sex. Uh, I sat down at the, the world's worst Denny's and sort of pounded that thing out. And, so to speak. And maybe four hours. The so world's worst Denny's? Oh, yeah. So the, um, Every Denny's ever? No, this, yeah. is, this one's in particularly the worst Denny's in, oh. in the world. Uh, this is totally off topic, but there's a Denny's in L.A. that's by Union Station, a strip club, and the men's prison. It's amazing. Uh, oh, that sounds like a great corner. <laughs> it was the perfect place to write this book. Yeah, well, Lots of inspiration. Um, no, no wonder he sued you. I mean, the original uh, book was filled with uh, graphic gay sex too, so mm-hmm. that uh, constitutes copyright infringement. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I just, I just uh, amplified what was already there. I... <laughs> so, it's, uh, what was the name of the book again? Oh god, it went through three names because he kept getting it taken down by filing uh, the DMCA's. Right. Um, Infinite Pain, I think, was the last one. Uh, oh, The Infinity Strain, which... The Infinity uh, Strain. Yeah, is, is absolutely what it, it sounds like. Yes. Is it still, <laughs> still available on Amazon? Yeah, there's like six copies now, because he, he kept having them taken down, and then eventually Amazon put them back up, uh, but not before I put another one up. So now there's like six versions of it sitting up. <laughs> so go buy all six, basically. Yeah. Um, I think Amazon sent me a letter that they had like 86 cents in royalty that they wanted to get to me. So somebody bought it. That's I bought it. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, your 86 cents is sitting in an account that I can't get to. Now, Matt, you may or may not know, but Kirk Hastings also did a racist Fat Albert parody. Oh, yes. Was, yeah, Fat Noah Comics. And uh, yeah, it was... I don't did know where... Sue? I would sue. Uh, I don't know where he got the idea that... I think at one point I just made a joke that you're just making fun of me because I'm black, and then he just assumed I was a black man, and now everything's just... Uh, so it was Wait. incredibly racist. Just uh, this fat, lazy guy. Are you fat? Because oh, if you are, then it's not parody anymore. You can, you can <laughs> sue. Yeah, truth is the absolute defense. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, this is about a fat black man who is on welfare... Uh, and uh, oh. Uh, yeah. oh, his mother's a crack whore, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it was like born in a trash can and popped out, and then he, he went and lived in a basement. He's in the projects. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. And and Matt, 
<laughs> no. Was he a, was he a prom baby in a trash can? I mean, I don't think we got that far back in his history, but Kirk Hastings has, has threatened to keep that comic up. Uh, oh until, no! Actually, until just randomly, Noah takes his uh, Infinity Strain down. <laughs> but something happened where either somebody with like some sense talked to him, but he took everything down and, and finally understood that if he walks away, it's kind of over. Oh. Which is great. Yeah. Well, sure, it only lasts so long. I'm sure this might actually bring him out. That's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> but that's not the uh, that's not the um, topic of the podcast. So the topic of this podcast, as Matt has alluded to, is the um, amazing movie God's Not Dead. I'm I'm fla- I've watched this twice now. I'm flabbergasted. I uh, only twice. <laughs> Damn it! I think yeah, I watched I'm, it like five times. <laughs> it's so uh, good. I went. I went to. I had to drive 25 miles outside of Los Angeles to find this thing in theater, and I went twice. I, I love this movie so much. Wow. Yeah, Matt. I think if I would have watched it a third time, I would have been converted to Christianity. <laughs> it is powerful stuff. <laughs> I also punched my iPad a couple times. I should mention because I was watching it on my iPad. It really not- is a, a unique view uh, of you know from the Christian mindset w- how they view the world, basically. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this uh, this company, uh, PureFlix, has just dozens of gems like this. This is like their creme de la creme, but they've got some amazing other stuff. That- well, yeah, but just because they've got semi-famous people in here, right? They've yeah. got yeah. Superman from Lois and Clark. They've got Hercules from Hercules. Uh, and they've got the Newsboys and Willie Roberts. Newsboys, <laughs> whoever they are. And oh, and the Muslim, and the Muslim daughter. She was in um, Battle for L.A. Possibly. Oh or maybe, yeah, I think she's been in some minor stuff. Uh, but you're right, Chuck, about about how Christians think. That's what I was taking away from this movie. Is that like, I think Christians are really worried about their lives being meaningless. That everything they do and like everything they are is nothing without God because it's constantly referenced throughout the movie. Yeah. It's always like letters and prayers. They they keep mentioning God's plan, God's plan and and they're super subtle about it. Like <laughs> like everything else in the film. Right. The, apparently the only way your life can have any meaning is if there is a supreme being imbuing it with meaning which right. is apparently his meaning for it because it's not oh, yeah. yours. <laughs> it's his plan. It's, it's his plan. <laughs> So. Pastor Dave's cars, Randall car they just all refuse oh to start God, throughout yeah. the movie. Let's let's take this <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> let's take this chronologically, all right? So this fresh-faced Christian boy, it's his first day in college. He passes. Wait, I want to I want to mention his name. <laughs> Cuz yeah. his name is Josh Wheaton. Yes. <laughs> Obviously it sounds like Josh Wheaton. Like what? Is <laughs> any is there anything there? I I didn't I, I have he's no like, idea. I, it seems to be that they just chose that name at random because it's never just, like brought up that he's like some kind of nerd or something. It's just a weird. It's a weird selection. I just thought it was a dig at Joss Whedon. Whedon. <laughs> God, now I'm messing him up. <laughs> Although he is kind of a nerd. He, he's kind of nerd. But he's a Bible nerd. That's a whole other species oh, of nerd. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I noticed, Matt. Did, did you notice that Chinese kid riding a bike to college? Yes, because that's just, what. That's what Chinese do, Chuck. They ride bikes everywhere. It's not just any bike. It's like a bike from the fucking 1950s, right? It's a Chinese bike. He brought it from home. 
be it would not be over from China. <laughs> Everyone else arrives in cars bikes. like real Americans, but not this Chinese kid. Mm. He fucking bikes over on a Chinese bike. That was awesome. I don't know. Perhaps he is an environmentalist. I don't know. Yeah. He didn't want <laughs> I to think, pollute the atmosphere. I think it was Even... a single speed fixie. It was retro. <laughs> <laughs> Like the one you drove when you were 10? (laughs) That's probably it. Uh, So this fresh-faced Christian kid signs up for a philosophy class from a Professor Radisson, right? And this shocks the uh, registration kid who notices Josh Wheaton has a cross, I think. Does he have a crucifix necklace or something? Yes. He's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, bad choice there. Oh, it's like... (laughs) You'll be like Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> Which turned out okay for Daniel. I just want to point that out. Is that how that he didn't get eaten? I don't know. Yeah, no, he didn't. The the people who turned him in got eaten because Daniel was like, you should eat those people. Oh. Um, but that's a whole other thing. Well, that's like what happens in this movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, Josh, you know, heroically declines to uh, either drop the class or rearrange his entire schedule. Because, you know, he's just an innocent little naive kid. He doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Oh, yeah. He's a freshman, as he's referred to many times <laughs> over by and professor. Over and over again. Oh, that's another huge theme in this movie is, is authority. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> because Christians base their whole thing on authority. So it's, it's oh, every, every, every other scene with the professor is like, you, a mere freshman, <laughs> dare to question... Stephen Hawking, the greatest oh. scientist in the world. Are you saying that the Christians are projecting their own faults in this movie? I find that no, no, hard and that was believe. not massively obvious. No. Did you notice that Professor Radisson, the genius philosophy professor, got the athe- uh, definition of atheism and agnosticism wrong? Oh, the, the, the doubt. Say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he decided that uh, agnosticism. He gets it right up to a point. He's like, agnosticism means uh, agnosticism is to know. Egg is to not know. That means you doubt. You're like, no. Right. He said he's got a list of people on the board, and he says all of these pe- people took the strong position of atheism that there is no God. After he defines it as without God, he then proceeds to right. to say that it is a strong position that there is no God, whereas agnosticism is the weak position of doubt. Well, I gave him a pass on that, because he said these just people just took that position <laughs> instead of saying that's what atheism is. He is a goddamn philosophy professor, Matt. <laughs> he should know, and he says it, the difference between theos, belief, and gnosis, knowledge, but he then doesn't understand it. <laughs> Wait, he what's throws theism? That totally away. He gives the Greek definitions of the terms which would give you the definition of atheism and agnostic. And then he just ignores it and says, there is no God is atheist. <laughs> and if you doubt, you're agnostic. Well, I'm going to ruin the movie for everybody. This professor's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he is a complete moron. He's a giant asshole to all his students. Pretty much everybody knows, and his girlfriend. Uh, yeah, um, he is exactly what Christians believe liberal ivory tower yep. <laughs> uh, Bill O'Reilly pinheads actually are. He's yeah. arrogant, he's an asshole, he's totally wrong, and uh, he sits around with his uh, egotistical friends and just ho ho ho, oh, yeah. <laughs> <These> dumb Christians ho ho ho. That's, that's how these Christians think of uh, what happens at universities. All yes. the professors get together and laugh. Oh, oh these, <laughs> these silly children. 
Yeah, I don't know if any of these Christians who wrote the movie has set foot on a college campus, certainly not in the philosophy department, for about the last 50 years, right? How the fuck are you registering at a goddamn table with a piece of paper and a pencil? Right. Has that been done in the last 20 years? Well, I happen to have a nice little insight into this because I am a film professor at a Christian college. And no, oh. not a, nothing is like this. <laughs> I mean, uh, even when I registered... Uh, in in no, 19... No one's going to lose his job after this. ninety. I did it over the phone, right? I didn't stand in fucking line. That's right. And talk to people <laughs> about it. This guy is, is getting his registration, apparently signed off with a pencil and paper on a desk out in the middle of uh, the, some grassy field. Right. He's <laughs> on the quad, I think. <laughs> on the well, quad. That's, that's a totally okay. So there's there's a weird thing going on here where at the end they're in this giant city, and at the beginning they're in rural Louisiana, which is you know a bastion of uh, liberal professors, yes. out aggressive in, values, yeah, yes. out there in rural Louisiana, all hanging out together. Uh, <laughs> did, they, did they establish where this movie takes place? Or I had to look it up. Uh, it, it's Louisiana, which is just weird because half this thing is shot in L.A. And I noticed the hell out of that, but. Ah, yeah, Louisiana. The Matt, it takes ongoing. place everywhere. <laughs> In your backyard, this could be happening. <laughs> oh, So what does he do? He registers, gets the warning, does not heed the warning, right? Right. Goes to class anyway. Yeah. Now, they do cut off to the scene where the douchebag professor, <laughs> I don't, the preacher, I don't even know this. Well, who's the it's, uh, David A.R. White, who is Pastor uh, Dave. Yes, Pastor Dave. He is in every single one of these guys' movies. I think he's yeah. like a, a stakeholder in the company or something. <laughs> awesome. He is uh, an am- amazing douchebag in this show. <laughs> you can tell he's a douchebag just by his haircut. You know, he's kind of an older guy. He's got he's trying to be hip, like he's twenty, so he's got like long bangs and shit. But he wears he wears. Uh, have you ever seen Matt in, again in the past twenty years? Some guy wear a, a short sleeve button up shirt, but he's he's wearing it over a long sleeve t shirt. I think we did that in the nineties. I believe the 90s. yes. The year nineteen ninety. That is the definition of douchebag right there. In every single movie he is in with them, that is pretty much his standard uniform. <laughs> it's probably it's probably just what he wears all the time. That's his, yeah, it's just his clothes. They don't have any wardrobe budget Chuck, for this movie. It's just that long sleeve shirt, those are his garments. It's, uh, <laughs> He's Mormon. <laughs> He's super Mormon. They go all the way to your wrist. <laughs> he should be Bishop Dave, not Pastor Dave. Bishop Dave. Now, did you guys get this? Because they keep mentioning this maybe 50, 60 times during the movie. Like, it's some really funny thing. He meets the black preacher who's straight from Africa... Of course. Uh, it's at a, a long flight. The guy's really happy, and he's, you know, let's go get these people for God. And he says, God is good. And the other guy goes, all the time. All the time. And all the, and time. All the time. God, is, God good. is good. Oh, it's like their little Abbott Costello routine. The first yeah. time I thought, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. And then they mentioned, they, they proceed to do it about 50 more times during the movie. It's I, I don't know if, if any of you picked up on this, because I just watch this crap all the time. Uh, when they arrive, they're at like he's picking up at the airport, but because they couldn't get an airport, it's like a paper cutout of a plane going across the screen behind a hotel. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I'm gonna it's have like to watch worst. it again. <laughs> oh my! I'm gonna have to watch that again. That's awesome. They couldn't even like go outside the airport and just get some like B-roll, you know? Just some, like, 
No, it's like a hotel. Like the hotel they're probably staying at when they're oh. filming. And they're just like, yeah, it's fine. It'll work. Just stand outside. I just want to point out that of the two black people in the movie, one is from Africa and the other one is named T-Dog. <laughs> I totally miss T-Dog. You didn't miss T-Dog, the only black the, person in class? He's the freshman yeah, well, in the philosophy oh, class. Oh, yeah. I was like, of course his name's T-Dog. <laughs> of course it is. Listen, you're either straight from Africa, <laughs> right off of a, right. A, a plane, you know, where you've been hanging out with cannibals, apparently. Or you're from some L.A. or New York gang. Right. Every, well, I was, I was going to say every non-white is a massive stereotype, but pretty much every character in this movie is just a walking stereotype. Right. They don't discriminate. All the white <laughs> people are stereotypes, too. That's totally true. Yeah. What, what, oh. One of maybe my that favorite... W- I was going to say, maybe I think there might be one person who's not a stereotype, which would be the Australian drummer in the band. That's the only guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. The entire thing. He breaks typecast. Wait, he's Australian, and of course he's a drummer. Oh, the yeah. fourth most important person in any band. <laughs> and he's Australian. Uh, one of my favorite parts, because uh, I've actually taken a philosophy course. I don't know. Did you take any philosophy in college, Matt? Yes, I lasted one week. <laughs> you dropped oh. it? God I dropped damn it. it. I got to the point where they said, what color is this chair? I said, it's blue. He said, no, it's green. And I said, I'm I'm leaving. I'm out. I can't I can't <laughs> argue with that. You got to the point where you had to sign God is dead. And then you, <laughs> fuck this shit. Out of here. Of course, because that is the single most important question in philosophy. <laughs> that is, has to be established right up front in any philosophy class. The yeah, existence so- of God. So this Professor Radisson introduced himself. He, he proposes to bypass all the senseless debate altogether and skip the question of God's existence entirely. If only his students will write God is dead on a piece of paper and sign it. Why? I have no fucking idea. Is there any point to that? And I for some reason, you, it's got to be unanimous. I would tell you, but it happens later on in the book. The whole purpose of philosophy is to engage in arguments. My entire philosophy 101 course was all about the informal logic, fallacies, uh, valid forms of logic. As an example, it was about all the various arguments for the existence of God. Why they're said to work, why they're said to fail, why none of them really hold up to scrutiny. But you, you learn a lot just by examining critically all of these arguments. No, no, you get to college, Chuck. God's dead. They just—they don't need to—they don't need to mess with that. <laughs> like it's boring. Like, right. I'm incredibly interested in what the rest of his class would have been. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm, what are you? What, what are you going to talk about? I suppose you can teach, you know, logic and 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 valid arguments and fa- without any examples whatsoever. <laughs> but I mean, you got to choose something. He just does Nietzsche. That's it. <laughs> Noam Chomsky. Richard Dawkins' name was on there yeah, for some reason. Name. <laughs> Even though he's a biologist. Ayn Rand was on there <laughs> for some fucking uh, reason. <laughs> the great philosopher. <laughs> Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Uh, all the liberals love Ayn Rand. Uh, yeah, I mean, it shows that, again, they have absolutely no idea what goes on in a philosophy course. This is a, it's a Jack Trick Trap. Jack Trick? Jack, what's that guy's name? Jack Chick? Jack Chick Track? <laughs> it's a Chick Track. Oh, yeah. Brought to life. <laughs> it's a very expensive Jack Chick Track. It's, it's, absolutely. 
So everyone starts scribbling on the piece of paper. Sure, okay, no problem. And Josh Wheaton tries like two or three times, but he, he can't do it, Matt. He no. cannot. I he's can't. a Christian. Oh, oh, he's going to get some persecution because of this. So Radisson allows him 20 minutes in each of the next three classes to argue his case. And initially he was going to decide, but the Christian dude says, that's not fair. So the class is going to decide. Ah, yeah, we'll put God on trial, so to speak. Well, that comes that comes later, oh. where, they, where he just frames it as a, as a trial. Oh, that's yeah. right, because <laughs> nobody would have figured out that's what's going on. They always have to tell us in this movie what's going on. <laughs> Another one of my favorite scenes, Matt, is um, when he meets the girlfriend. So he goes back and he talks again. Now, at, right at this point, I'm wondering who in, is the worst actor in this movie. <laughs> The girlfriend makes a pretty good case. You don't want to deny your faith. I get it. So the answer's simple. Drop the class. Yeah, but I'm not sure I can do that. I feel like God wants someone to defend him. Don't be ridiculous. I don't know. I just keep thinking of that C.S. Lewis line. Only a real risk tests the reality of belief. So you're going to risk our future over your yearbook quote? Josh, why am I here? Hello, Earth to Josh. Why am I salutatorian of our graduating class here at my third choice school? I'm sorry for having the next 50 years of our life planned out, but that's just who I am. I don't care, it's just... Josh, I love you, but I absolutely forbid you to go up against this professor in his own classroom. We have too much at stake. The whole thing's rigged to make you look like an idiot. And if you want to get into law school, you can't afford to flunk this class. Even a C could be disastrous. Josh, why am I here? Hello. <laughs> Why am I salutatorian for God's sakes? What is that? What is that third drop down from salutatorian? Second. Second. Is it like a? So they're like at some kind of near community college, and she's given up her entire life to hang out with him. In which are they saying he's just an idiot? <laughs> yeah. That couldn't get into saying. the good college. <laughs> yeah. She's the yes. salutatorian. <laughs> And she went to the college that he could get into, which is this podunk little community college. Yeah. So remember that for later, that, uh, that that's like her her third choice, apparently, just yes. to be with him. Yes. It becomes important later. <laughs> well, not I, really. I believe during this scene, isn't the, um, the Muslim girl, like, looking on? Yes. Oddly longingly oh, in the yes. background? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're picking up food in the cafeteria, and the Muslim girl's there. Uh, she hears his C.S. Lewis quote. Yeah. Mm. Of course, of course he quoted C.S. Lewis. Of course he quotes fucking C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like he's the only apologist that these evangel- uh, evangelical Christians know about. C.S. Lewis. Uh, he says that, you know, I just, I feel like God wants someone to defend him. <laughs> yeah. He's the most powerful being in the universe. He's just sitting in the corner going, gosh, I hope someone sticks up for me. Anyone? Maybe, maybe Josh Wheaton? I will stick up for you. <laughs> God. And next, this probably is my favorite part. I have a lot of, I got a lot of favorite parts. It's an amazing movie. But this next one, where the liberal blogger journalist Amy ambush right. interviews Duck Commander Willie Robertson. Oh my God. Did you hear her, um, the name of her blog? No, the liberal left, I, is that what it was? The the new left. The new because, left. Because, of course, she is. 
and proceeds with the worst interview ever. I got well, the and, interview as, as an audio, if you'd like to give that a listen to. You, oh, have, to, you have to set the stage, though, first. She's hiding behind a pillar at the beginning of it. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's an ambush. They're yeah. walking into church, and she's hiding there with her iPhone in hand, ready to record. And she jumps out at him, pounces on him. And this awesome interview follows. You've made a fortune selling devices that are designed to lure waterfowl to their deaths. Uh, I guess when you say you, you're referring to the whole group of my family, which would be y'all. You could just change it to y'all, that'd be an easier expression. That way it'll get everybody in there. So, y'all have made a fortune, isn't that right? We're doing all right. We can certainly buy bigger tires on our trucks and four-wheelers to get out in the mud with, so life is good. What makes you think you have the moral right to go around maiming and killing innocent animals? Hey, look. Let's just get one thing straight. I ain't maiming nothing. Whatever I see and I aim at, I shoot. When I shoot it, I kill it, and then I eat it. So you do kill those ducks? Of course I do. What are we going to do, cook them while they're still moving around? That would be cruel. That'd be bad. So, so this isn't an act. You're actually proud of what you do? Of course I am. Why would I do it if I'm not proud of it? And you go along with everything he says? <laughs> We've been married for 20 years. I don't go along with everything he says. But on the things that matter, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. So what do you say to people who are offended by your show, not just because of the hunting, but because you openly pray to Jesus in every episode? Hey, we're not trying to offend anybody, all right? If they don't want to watch the show, they can turn the channel. As far as my praying to Jesus, my life and my whole eternity belongs to God. All this stuff is temporary. The money, fame, success, temporary. Even life is temporary. Jesus, that's eternal. Jesus said this, whoever acknowledges me before men, he will acknowledge before the Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me, I'll disown him to the Father. Now those words are written in red, so they're important. And that's it? That's it. That's yep. what we're going with. Pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks for your time. Those words are written in red, so they're important. Yes. So that was a, an amazing interview, didn't you think? Oh, it was so good. It was, that was Diane Sawyer quality. <laughs> You can see why she's almost at, what is it, a million viewers or a million readers? <laughs> million hits. <laughs> I, I, she got a million. Especially like how the Christians think that we're offended when people openly pray to Jesus because right. it's so fucking rare for that to happen. Every damn family dinner I go to, someone is openly praying to Jesus. I am massively offended. I am so offended. I've been waiting for someone to ask me so I can tell them how offended I am. <laughs> He did say one thing I agree with. If you don't like it, change the channel. And uh, millions. I don't of even people, stop on the channel. I, I just go right people back. have after uh, Phil Robertson's anti-gay comment. Right. Uh, they lost something like a third of their viewers. I think. There's nah, they uh, their money. What do they care? <laughs> well, they. Were, I mean, they were billionaires before. There's actually something kind of interesting to, to her saying it's an act because it is. They there's this amazing picture of them of like the whole family from years before they started a reality TV show where they're just this sort of preppy right. golf course couple. <laughs> it's amazing compared to what they're putting on here. Polo shirts and no, yeah. no camo? No camo, no clean camo. shaven. Yeah, in like all American. Yeah. Can't believe Not it. that Taliban look they're sporting now. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot believe that it's all an act. What kind of act could we put on? I want to make millions of dollars. <laughs> Grow a long beard, Matt. 
I, no, I think I got to be like Pastor Dave and start making movies. Yeah, well, Josh goes to to church. Apparently, Matt, this is the one Christian church in town because throughout the movie, everyone goes to this church right. and talks to this pastor. So, if well, that's how churches are, Chuck. When you have a problem, you go to church, and the pastor helps you. Yeah, I'm sure in rural Louisiana, uh, there's only one church, <laughs> just one in the entire town. <laughs> in College Town, Louisiana, yes. Yeah. One church and one giant stadium. The uh, the pastor gives uh, some advice to Josh. He says, "Look up Matthew ten thirty two to thirty three, uh, and and if that doesn't help, I'll give you another scripture: Luke twelve forty eight. Yeah, Matthew ten thirty two to thirty three was the same uh, scripture by sheer coincidence. Willie Robertson just gave in that interview. Ah, yes, about acknowledging blah blah blah." But did it's, you guys it's look? It's kind up? of like a warning. <laughs> First of all, so, so Josh goes back to his room and he looks it up. And did you guys notice that the shot yes. of him turning yes. the scripture pages is the exact same when he goes to Matthew as it is a couple <laughs> seconds later when he goes to Mark? They didn't even fucking reshoot the film of him turning uh, the page. It's not necessary. But did you notice the <laughs> newsboy's poster on his wall in Absolutely. his dorm room? No, I didn't. <laughs> Of course, he's Christian. So, of course, everyone likes the newsboys if they're Christian. Newsboys. <laughs> oh, we, we, skipped, uh, we skipped another Muslim girl scene. Oh. In which she's waiting to be picked up by her, like, horrible father. And then some random girl comes over and is like, I wish you didn't have to wear that thing you choose to wear. Yeah. Which is- That's right. She goes, you're so beautiful. <laughs> Why do you cover yourself up? Uh, it's because of my dad. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, the crazy Muslim father. You know, just in case you couldn't figure that out. Yeah, that girl had to come over and said, yeah, what we just said. I wish they have to do that. But but her father only insists on this because these people, none of them are happy. They don't worship God, at least not in the way he deserves. He demands to be worshipped, as he tells her later. Yeah. And then he tells her, it's because I love her. Like when you beat your child. Yeah, I love you. You know, which in principle is the exact same argument everyone else gives, right? They just give shit from their own scriptures, right? <laughs> there's, no, there's no difference whatsoever between his belief and theirs. Oh, I love. I just love that part. It's like these people—they are not really happy. <laughs> <laughs> like me, this angry man like with me. huge eyebrows. Look how happy we are in our happy family. I'm really happy. It just looks like I'm angry because I have such large eyebrows. Also, I am not a terrorist. I swear. I am clean-shaven. Speaking of beatings, did yes. you look up Luke 12:48? Yeah, yes I did. They they give it as everyone to whom much was given, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. But the entire verse is the second part of that beating we were talking about, right? <laughs> more we, beating. We talked about in Luke. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. I uh, remember the light beatings. That's the first part of Luke twelve forty eight. They don't mention that one. Well, maybe but, just the uh, the conversations in the classroom where he gets trounced by the professor for stupid reasons. Maybe that's his light beating. That's what he read the wrong part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was the beating part and not the to whom much was given part. Yeah, you got to be specific. You can't. You can't. You can't do this like subtle stuff like God does all the time. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, I don't know why Josh was given much. He doesn't seem to have much. He doesn't seem to have very much. 
Uh, I love the doctor scenes too, when the the uh, ambushed journalist Amy finds out she has cancer. Yeah, he's like, "You have cancer." <laughs> <laughs> cancer. Anyway, you know, you I'm know, running cancer. Behind. I'm running behind. I got a lot more appointments to go to, so you know, I'll see <laughs> Wait, you next week. Which one? You know, just that one. It's <laughs> it spread to your lymph nodes. And some tumor markers from far away, you know. It's it's uh, it's all over your body. Uh, but did you see the change she went through? See, this is in movie making parlance, Chuck. This is called growth, I think. <laughs> see, she's she's actively engaged on her phone, texting, even while he's trying to tell her. She's texting and taking calls, and then he's like, "You've got cancer!" He has to like <laughs> slap her in the face, and then she stops. Now she's paying attention. You're going to die. See, God is now talking to her, and she's going to start listening. Ah, metaphorically, this is how God wakes her up with cancer? Yes, exactly. (laughs) God has a plan for her. What a great God. God is good. And all the time? (laughs) Wait. We fucked it up. (laughs) How could you fuck it up? They said it like 50 times. (laughs) Because every time they said it, I was like, don't say it! Ah! Uh, We get a second scene. We're treated to a second scene where Josh's uh, salutatorian girlfriend again pressures him to stop this debate for their future. But he heroically withstands. Is there audio for this? No, I don't have audio. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I thought you were setting something up. I just brought up the old... (laughs) The old audio because uh, the, her acting was so good in that last one. It was good. It well, everyone's better. acting in this is just amazing. It's fantastic. You know, your your movie is really in trouble when your best actor is uh, Superman. <laughs> is wait, you're going yeah. with I'm going Dean Cain is the best actor. Best in this actor? Role. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not going to give Hercules any credit because I think naturally he's a douchebag. He's probably just playing himself. Oh. <laughs> I thought this. No, this part was funny too. The the douchebag Pastor Dave. So the African preacher has flown all the way to to America, and what does he want to do? What does he want to do? He wants to go to Disney World. <laughs> I'm assuming just some amusement park, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but his car won't start. Damn it! Damn it! What the heck? My car won't start. <laughs> so they this get a rental car multiple times. They yeah. call the next day. They come with a rental car. It still doesn't start. The next day, he tries to start it again. Nothing. But but of course, you know, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. God is good. Yeah. Okay. Good at that time. Um, the ban- the banter between Pastor Dave and the other guy and the rental car guy is yes. is is Golden. beautiful. Oh, it's Golden. priceless. Yeah, rental car guy saying, is my favorite actor. Yeah, that's he keeps saying he's, he's doing a community <laughs> acting project or something, <laughs> and I'm like, they got this guy from community theater, like I literally. Thought, I thought that was a sly um, reference to this movie, right? Just <laughs> of a community theater project. <laughs> they have some bit about how the car is different, even though it's actually the same car. Yes. He's like, oh no, the last yeah. one was like rose, and this is burgundy. It goes on for like five minutes. It's yes. amazing. Yes. yes. I should have captured audio of that. It was so hilarious. I'm an ordained minister. Lying to me is very bad. <laughs> oh my god, this movie's so good. You, you might wonder why these uh, why these three guys are in that film. Um, I, I do wonder. Yes, I wonder. They keep the whole cutting movie. to yeah, and that becomes quite amazing later. Yeah, 
There is a resolution to this. But the guy doesn't get suspicious after three separate cars, although maybe it's just two cars, uh, don't start on three separate days. Even though he drives him right up, gets out, and then Pastor Dave jumps in, and it won't start. (laughs) You think on the third car, he'd tell him not to turn it off. Right, exactly. Just leave it running. running. <laughs> leave it running. Occur to him. If he was smart, he wouldn't be a pastor. That's true. So we now get the first argument from Josh when he takes the podium. Oh my yes. god! This Here is we good. go. This is good. What did you guys think of this argument? Atheists I, unassailable. <laughs> atheists say no one can prove the existence of God, and I say they're right. The movie should have ended right there. <laughs> Gone, done. You've you've lost. But I also say you can't disprove his existence. Take that, fuckers! <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh, we're not, we're not even uh, mentioning the fact that he has some, like, million-dollar graphics that he's gotten from nowhere. <laughs> well, prepared no. a slide presentation on his computer, complete with, like, fucking computer animation. It was awesome. Now, hold on. Hold on. You see, he mentions later on that he's, he's slacking in his other classes. Because he's taking so much time on this. He's spending all that time in After Effects rendering out video. Exactly. He didn't spend any time on the arguments. It was it was all on effects. That was clear. His arguments are awful. Right? He get, he proceeds then with a typical argument from design. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, Professor uh, Hercules pricks the balloon of his entire argument with the pin of Stephen Hawking. Oh, shit. Wait. There is an audio. We have some. I've got yeah, some audio, audio for you for uh, the his argument um, about Dawkins. This is awesome. But in his book, The God Delusion, Richard Dawkins says that if you tell me God created the universe, then I have the right to ask you who created God. Dawkins' question only makes sense in terms of a God who has been created. It doesn't make sense in terms of an uncreated God, which is the kind of God that Christians believe in. And even leaving God out of the equation, I then have a right to turn Mr. Dawkins' own question back around on him and ask, if the universe created you, then who created the universe? You see, both the theist and the atheist are both burdened with answering the same question of how did things start. What I'm hoping you'll pick up from all this is that you don't have to commit intellectual suicide to believe in a creator behind the creation. And to the extent that you don't allow for God, You'd be pretty hard-pressed to find any credible alternative explanation for how things came to be. You guys want to take that one? What's a theist? (laughs) (laughs) Where's my favorite question? What's a theist? Okay, so so what the fuck is an unmade god? (laughs) I love it. So Dawkins says, you know, well, you know, if you say God created the universe, we say who created God. Oh, no, you see, God was not created. He was never made. <laughs> that only makes sense if we believe in a God who was created, and we don't. So there you go. <laughs> Problem so solved. Oh, so great. God was never created. Woo-hoo. Dodge that bullet. Point Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> not a case of special pleading at all. No oh, problem. Brother. So, yeah, um, it's Professor Hercules uh, pricks the entire the balloon of his argument with the uh, pen of Stephen Hawking. You know, in Stephen Hawking's book, he says that given the law of gravity, the universe can create itself. And uh, a poor, poor Josh doesn't have a response to this. Oh, not yet. 
And then, did you catch that Professor Hercules assaulted his student in the hallway? Oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> wait, wait. Before you get to the assault, though, I want I wanted you to I wanted to point out he quoted uh, Steven Weinberg, right? That the universe began with an explosion. Are we are we skipping past? He did the whole "Let there be light." That was this. That was the first it's argument, a, wasn't it? Yeah, it's his argument from design. Yeah. Uh, no, I just I just because he quoted Steven Weinberg. Um, I just wanted to point out that Steven Weinberg was the one who said, uh, also said, religion is an insult to human dignity. With or without it, you would have good people doing good things and evil people doing evil things. But for good people to do evil things, that takes religion. That was Weinberg. That was Weinberg. Anyway. Weinberg. <laughs> going on. Oh, and then uh, <laughs> then when he brings up, uh, he brings up, and I'm, I can't pronounce this, but it's it's George, George Lemaitre. 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 Wasn't he Catholic? He was the Catholic physicist that originally came up with the Big Bang Theory, not called the Big Bang Theory then. Sure. But called the Big Bang Theory in derision. I don't know. Maybe. And that's when my favorite question in the whole movie came out. <laughs> What's a theist? Anyway. What's a theist? <laughs> that's great because it, the, she goes, any questions? What's a theist? <laughs> and Hercules is sitting right next to this girl, and he's got this look like he had, she just ripped this nasty fart. I love that part. He's I just so love disgusted. <laughs> you motherfucking idiot. <laughs> Did you sign my paper, God's Not Dead? Okay. That's the only reason you're staying. Oh, so, so the question would then be, is is that in there, like from just a filmmaking perspective, is that in there because they thought that people watching this wouldn't know? They they might not know. Yes, I, th- I think that is. Like you bought like a block of tickets with your church and went to the God's Not Dead the movie and you've no fucking clue what a theist is. What's a theist? <laughs> it's either that or it was just a chance to do that scene where Kevin Sorbo. I think he hated that actor. He hated her. He's like, I want a scene where I give her a look of withering contempt. <laughs> He's so disgusted by the student. He can't. He cannot maintain a poker face. Now, Chuck. Um, he also said in that first argument that uh, that cosmologists say the universe began with a big bang, and in the Bible, God says it. Let there be light, right? Yes. Uh, so, w- what does it say in the beginning of Genesis? Didn't weren't weren't the Earth and the Moon? Is in the beginning there was the void and it was formless. Then he formed the planets, and didn't let there be light come later? Let there be light was the first command. The sun and stars uh, don't come until later. So I don't oh. know where the light is coming from. But it doesn't matter, Matt, because that's the theist's explanation, you see. God ah. said, let there be light. Explained. Checkmate, atheist. How do you explain that? And that <laughs> lines up with the Big Bang. Got it. Yep. Yeah, perfect. You, know, you can't get too specific on this shit, Matt. That's metaphorical. Right. The fact that he said, let there be light is exactly the same as a... I love how he said, you know, that's exactly how you would expect the universe to respond if God the Creator said, let there be light. Exactly like the inflationary expansion of the universe. Yes, yes. I'd like to point out that in the inflationary model, that uh, the universe, the early universe was opaque for, I think they it's about 360,000 years, they say, before light could actually escape and you would get a glow from the early universe. Matt, Matt, Matt. But that's, yes, <laughs> Matt. What? Are you disagreeing with the Bible? I just. I. Are you going on record disagreeing with the Bible? I'm going on record. Put me on the record. You remember that scientists for thousands of years thought the universe always existed, but the Bible said there was a beginning. That's straight oh, well, that's out of right. Josh Wheaton. 
for 2,500 <laughs> years, the Bible had it right, and science <laughs> had it wrong. But don't look too closely into that. And how do we know the Bible had it right and science had it wrong? Oh, yeah, that's because science. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> asshole. Science proved it. Uh, okay, so the last thing he says is, I pricked the balloon of your argument with but a single pin. Then he closes. He closes his book when he does this too. He's got some ledger that's open, and he just slowly closes it. Like ah, that's uh, called acting. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if that was unscripted. If that was ad libbed. Possibly. Genius. Uh, so so yeah. Uh, he he then goes and finds him in the hall, grabs him on the shoulder, and spins him around. Right. Amazing. He that is assault. That's assault. <laughs> Literally. He says, you have to take, like, classes. Uh, when I first started working, you had to take, like, four or five-hour classes about not even touching a student. Like, right. can't, can't get near them. Well, right. this, this professor is so threatened. He's losing it. Yeah, he <laughs> says that uh, there is a god in this classroom, and I'm it. And I'm yes, a jealous right. god. So what do you want to go into? Pre-law? And then he makes fun of pre-law for a little while. And then- <laughs> I love that. Well, that's not even a real major. <laughs> And then he says he'll he'll destroy his future in law if he continues with this. But the brave Josh Wheaton is uncowed. He does continue. Yes, and don't forget he after he threat after he assaults him, threatens him. He gives he gives him the classic bully line as he walks away. He goes, "Have a nice day." <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately runs into his girlfriend. Remember how he said uh, she went to her third choice for him, yes. right? Because she's so in love with him that she skipped out on going to Harvard, uh, <laughs> Oxford. Listen, and Matt, if you're a went to Louisiana Bible College, I guess you can go. Some... You can write your own ticket. You can go wherever you want. Go wherever you want. A salutatorian from some rural Louisiana uh, high school. Oh my God! <laughs> first choice. You get your first choice every time. Automatic. Well, she immediately dumps him, right? Because because he doesn't do what she says. Yeah, she finds out that he's still behind her back against her direct orders. Yeah. Being a Christian. This is just part of the of his character's development, Chuck. He's being persecuted. You see what he has to go through? Even defending his parents God? Don't want him to do it. Nobody wants him to do it. Now there's a funny thing is she says to him, My mother was so right about you, I just wish I had the sense to listen. And I start people see this is how bad the movie is. They do lines like that because, hey, this is a good line. This sounds good, right? Oh, like the classic, oh, my mother was so right about it. But then if you think about that line, it's like, what does she think about him? That he's a nice kid, that he goes to church, and he's going to go to college and, and go into law? And she was so right about that? Like, like isn't that like the white dream or something? Like, what is the big problem with that? She obviously irrationally hates him. I guess so. My mother's so right about you. You are a decent kid. You are you are just such a nice guy. God, he's probably just a little too Christian. That's yeah. that's the issue. It's so. a little that's, too much. That's how I think. I was thinking the conversation with her mother and her was like, "Oh, you're not going out with that Christian boy again, are you? Oh, he's so self righteous. He's such a prick." No, but it's just you know, it's it's this movie's worse than Prometheus with the endless plot devices just to steer. The whole movie to its stupid and obvious conclusion. Inevitable conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, now we reach apparently one of your favorite parts, where the Muslim girl comes home. Oh, it's just scary. I was, I had chills. 
She starts listening to Franklin Graham, like all Muslim teenagers do. But before that, <laughs> she was listening to Newsboys. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was she? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Equally damning. She switches over to Franklin Graham. Now, this was the most believable part of the movie to me. She instantly falls asleep. Right. She, <laughs> she lays down in her bed in the um, in the Jesus Christ pose, by the way. I'd like yeah. to point that out. Listening to Franklin oh. Graham. Instant, <laughs> instant sleep. Right. So her then, brother, her young brother, is sitting on the couch. Like, what is he doing? Like, playing Nintendo or something? It looks uh, like he's just playing on a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a Game Boy handy. Prop department. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing Snake on his uh, graphing calculator. He's, play- he's playing Mindhunter. I don't know. <laughs> he catches her. Mine. He comes up, creeps up to his sister because her bedroom's partially open and she's sleeping. And so, of course, what do you do? You go inside. Check well, what she's playing on her iPod. Right, because that's what you do. Because out of nowhere, him sitting on the couch, the playing music is ominous. Video game. Right. Because he wants to stop playing his video game and go check out his sister in her bedroom. Like every 12-year-old boy. <laughs> right. I love how the music gets ominous. He looks up, and I'm like, oh, my God. He's going to go rape his sister. He's going to honor rape her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it was so scary. Jesus. I was like, what the hell's going on here? You and then he goes. get this feeling like, oh, shit, it's going down now. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. He, he caught Billy Graham, and she immediately panics. She wakes up. She's like, don't tell Dad. Don't tell Dad. I was listening to Billy Graham. But I wouldn't even talk. know what that is, though. Right, exactly. He's um, he's Muslim. Keep track. Well, of now, and he's like seven. I mean, it's like, what? How is he going to know what this thing is that he's looking at for three seconds? <laughs> By the way, it's it's everyone knows who Frank Graham is? is. It's First Corinthians, right? It's one Corinthians, right? So, so what? <laughs> it's it's the Bible. Islam they consider Jesus a man, right, and a prophet, but it's not forbidden. It's like the New Testament is not forbidden. They consider no, they, it incorrect, yeah, but it's still connected to the history of Islam. They think it's uh, translated not correctly and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, but listening to Franklin Graham, Matt, that uh, is... Oh, that was That's it. in the Quran as unforgivable. Thou shalt not listen to Franklin Graham. Thou shalt cut his head off because that's... <laughs> because that's Islam what we do is a religion of peace. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, after that, we get to back to Douchebag Superman. Yeah, this, this is my next favorite part. Douchebag Superman dumping his cancer-ridden girlfriend. It is the best scene in the entire movie, in my opinion. I think I have cancer. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? I have cancer. This couldn't wait until tomorrow. What? How can you say that to me? I thought you loved me. I do. But you're changing our agreement. You're you're breaking our deal. You make it sound like a contract negotiation. Well, what did you think this was? I thought it was love. Grow up. Amy, love is the most overused word in the English language. It's what we say when we want something, when we need something, and you're as guilty of it as anybody. We had fun. (laughs) You were my hot young girlfriend with the chic job. I was your upwardly mobile, 
charming, successful boyfriend. And we were together because we each got something out of the relationship that we wanted. And it was good. It was actually, it was great. But now it's over. It's over. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> cancer. You know, just in case you don't get it, the movie will keep on reminding you that all non-Christians in this movie are complete assholes. <laughs> total douchebag. <laughs> now, um, Noah, this is one of your favorite scenes. Absolutely. Why is this one of your favorite scenes? I thought it's, the, it's, the acting was really good on Superman's yeah. part. You, oh, yeah. Okay. No, he had a name. You tell us, and then I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> well, <laughs> it'll correct It you. was... <laughs> It was everything I expected it to be when I thought about going to this movie. That's what it was. <laughs> it was. I thought it, I, the only thing that was different is I thought that was going to end up being Kevin Sorbo sitting there being the complete and total asshole to his girlfriend, which he does later. But he doesn't. That's do later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, how can we make this guy more cartoonishly evil? Oh yeah, let's have him dump his girlfriend for having cancer. Cancer. But they they one up it later. Even they make him worse. When he gets to his mom, but that's, I mean, that's later, but man. Now, I'll tell you why this is my favorite scene. It's because when he first walks in, he tells the, the waiter, he goes, bring us a bottle of your finest champagne. Then he breaks up with her and he leaves. The waiter brings the champagne to the table. She's got cancer. Now she's stuck with a check. <laughs> she's stuck with a pill. And the guy just got promoted. Oh, yeah. He is, um, he's like an evil genius, I think. I think so. <laughs> by far my favorite character in the film. Oh, yeah. And the only atheist, by the way, who, spoiler uh-huh. alert, doesn't convert at the end. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that's actually... So he's actually the only atheist, I think, so, even the whole movie, because of the, the revelation of, of Kevin Sorbo later. About, oh, that's uh, true. He's true not motivations. actually an atheist, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's never an atheist. Oh, oh, don't give it away. Yeah, Hold on. Spoilers. Jumping ahead. <laughs> The film, this yeah, this film continually shows that relationships that are without God are are completely immoral. You know, at their basis, the professor and his girlfriend, uh, you know, this girl and the business guy. You know, a Christian's focus should be on God all the time. You guys, okay, a godless <laughs> infidel like the professor, you know, and this and this businessman, they're defined by what they believe in, right? That's like everything that we do that's not about God is a belief unto itself, right? Just yeah, like atheism. <laughs> I love how they um, have Professor Hercules make fun of his Christian girlfriend while she's, of course, serving his friend's hors d'oeuvres. Right. <laughs> because she's the woman, you see. Uh, oh, dear. She's just to stand there and take it, holding like a giant silver tray. <laughs> awesome. But seriously, who, who leaves a bottle of wine in the car all day? I mean, good God. Oh, that's not yet. Oh, that's not yet? He oh. makes fun of her because she's Christian now. You remember, she's a work in progress. Oh, that's right. She tells. Yeah, that's right. Forgot because about embarrassed. That. He's embarrassed that she's a Christian. With his like oh, that's right. the twelve scene. ridiculous friends, like the, they found the most douchiest looking people they could. Yes, yes. But this next scene is perfection. It is. She's apparently left the wine in the car and spoiled it. Does this happen with wine? You can't leave it in the sun. I have it, no idea. It, yeah, it can get bad if if it gets if it gets really hot. You know, it's like grape juice. It'll 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 go bad. It'll be gross. Uh, this this is uh, precisely what I imagine all Christians to to think because you know they've never been to a university or a college and interacted with anybody so this in their head is what they think liberals sit around and do all day is they have uh, they don't have any other friends than other liberals <laughs> who happen to be at the college as well 
There was a scene entirely composed to showcase, you know, the arrogance of yes. college professors. Nina, this, this wine is awful. It's been cooked. It tastes like it was sunning in a moldy basement. Talk about your grapes of wrath. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it before I went shopping the other day. I locked it in the trunk. And when I got home, I forgot about it. Well, I think this dinner serves as a uh, valuable lesson. As Socrates put it over 2,000 years ago, no tea, say it on. Looks like it's Greek to her. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a know thyself, darling, know thyself, which I suggest means knowing your own limitations. <laughs> I love the um, uh, talking in Greek and then the, well, first of all, the grapes of wrath joke. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> the second was he spoke in Greek. And it actually was Greek to her. Oh, <laughs> That's why it's so funny. Oh, my God. Ah, yes. These arrogant bastards. There's a woman in this scene, if you're watching it, you know, actually, instead of just listening to it, uh, there's a, this woman they keep cutting to who just gives these arrogant looks across yes. how they motivate the shots, and it's amazing. She has nothing to do with the movie. She's just there to <laughs> throw these looks in. She was the... Uh, she was the once again, the the authority theme, the authority motif reinforcer. When she goes, when he says, "Oh, I got a student in my class, and it's going to prove God," she's like, "Freshman, he's a freshman, right?" Yeah, because <laughs> freshmen are idiots. Then she cries uh, and like runs out. Right? She's yeah. like, "It's time for the help to leave." Oh, that's apparently all he uses her for is to serve his friends wine and hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, <laughs> parties. There's a, there's a weird scene with him early on when he's when he's like what happened to that 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 brilliant student of mine and then like 30 seconds later he's like oh you've been reading again yes, like, it <laughs> sounds like you've been reading again that's dangerous <laughs> oh I guess that's that's worth pointing out that his girlfriend was his former student because you have to have that yes oh yeah. Because they have no morality. He does point out, though, that he waited until after she aced the midterm to, you know, move in on her. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an ethical lapse. That's cool. No, while he's (laughs) grading her, he's dating. Yeah, no problem. Because, again, atheist philosophy professors, immoral, assholes, arrogant, terrible. Well, all all those professors. I wonder what what the other... They must be the humanities college or something. (laughs) I think he mentioned one was sociology. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. They're, not they're, mostly, they're mostly from the philosophy department, but there is one sociology professor that I know. Awesome. 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 Awesome.